0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of hashtag the life of a surveyor. I'm aware it's been a very long time since I published another episode and that is my bad. But as ever, I have genuinely been busy. I've sort of been prioritising the charity initiative that I've started, Borjandan, and sort of in the space between Diwali and um, Christmas, we've been trying to get things prepared to help People get food out to them. Over Diwali, one of the key achievements that we achieved was we donated a thousand kilos of fruit and veg and household necessities to, I think it's 50 families in total. So uh, that was quite a big achievement. And we're working on something at the moment, currently for Christmas, trying to get some um, blankets and hoodies and warm clothing and stuff like that out for them. So there's still quite a lot going on with regards to the charity. And at the same time, I'm still trying to work to get it all officially registered and find trustees to help support it. So, you know, here's, here's, a, here's a shout out. If anyone's interested in being a trustee for an up and coming charity initiative, please do reach out to me. Uh, email me md at bojandan.com with your CV, of course, and you'll be put through the vetting process. But um, yeah, it's it's quite hard trying to set up a charity and sort of get volunteers i mean i've now managed to find quite a few volunteers who are happy to help friends and family and sort of my network are promoting the charity and you know we're getting slow stream of donations coming in as well which is really good and you know it, it's a booster to to sort of um, keep it going and it, it does give me a boost i mean there are days when i'm i'm just thinking right i'm gonna can it all in and chuck it all in and call it a day you know i tried it didn't work and then something happens. It's it's almost like a karma or something. And it's just like you know, I'm I'm really down and sort of thinking, call it a day. And uh, the day after or on the day, I get something happens that sort of changes my mood, gives me that lift that I need, and and sort of gives me that motivation to keep going. It's um, quite something. I mean, one of the key things I had was you know trying to find volunteers, and then out of nowhere, I had two people turn up and say, look, we'd we'd love to help out, and you know they've been crucial in um, getting things done over Diwali and, and sort of now for Christmas so, there is something out there that is helping me along the way whether it's a, a supreme being or you know guardian angel I don't know call it what you want but there is someone out there something out there that is helping me through this and sort of pushing me along to succeed so um, yeah no it's, it's going well and uh, despite having some of those off days um, I think I am going to keep keep at it again i can't thank um, all the people that have helped out and contributed to date or name names because a lot of people that have helped out and you know even by doing the smallest thing like you know helping me do a bit of research or something taking that five minutes out of your day i am forever grateful for that so thank you all that have helped out on Bojandan. aside from that work wise work has been very busy um Obviously, we've had quite a lot of movement on the COVID debt situation, which has been a key focus, and that's what today's episode is going to be about. So if you're a landlord or a tenant, you've got arrears racked up through COVID when you couldn't trade. We'll be looking into that in a bit more detail and what the government proposes. On, on 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 solutions and remedies for that so that'll be today's episode but uh, aside from that you know, there's quite a few different deals that i've been doing there's a few disposal that i've been working on which have been interesting and i'm not entirely sure i can talk about them um, i don't know if uh, my employer has a stance on that but uh, yeah i'll find out if i can talk about them i think i do want to mention a few deals that i've been doing because they have been quite interesting um, and taking quite a lot of time so yeah that might be something for next time but uh, Leave that with me. Aside from work, um, what else has been happening? Um, ooh, let's see, what else has been happening in the world? Well, obviously, we've got this new variant, Omicron, that's uh, threatening Christmas. So that might put a dampener on uh, the next few weeks. But let's see what comes out of that. Obviously, the government are getting slated because Boris had a party. So, yeah, it's, it's, there's quite a lot happening sort of all over at the moment. And, you know, talking to um, a few colleagues and friends and stuff, I think it's not just me that's feeling it. I think there is a lot going on at this, sort of, this time of year when you think that, you know, you're coming towards the end of the sort of calendar year and, and things should die down and people should be off on their holidays and looking forward to Christmas, breaking up for Christmas and you know just just having some downtime but um yeah i don't think i'm seeing that i think i'm I'm probably more busier in december than the rest of the year because you kind of start planning for next year you start doing budgets and start looking at forecasting for next year and stuff like that so i think december for me it's quite a busy time so yeah no it's it's something that, you know, I don't know what other people think about it. I mean, is, is it should December be the busiest month for you? Should you be sort of down in tools and sort of spending time just sort of looking forward to the holidays? Let me know what you think. You know, drop me a note. And just on that, um you can actually get in touch with me via Anchor. So you can drop me a voice note or even just drop me a message on Anchor. So I've set up an easy website for you to remember, which is tiny.cc forward slash T L O A S, right? And those are the abbreviations for the life of a surveyor. So you can't go wrong with that. Can't make it any simpler. But yeah, reach out to me off that. Uh, failing that, Instagram, the life of a surveyor. Again, uh, drop me a message. If you've got any questions, queries, drop me a note uh, or if you just want to say hi. So yeah, please do follow me on that and of course LinkedIn, Mayor Dasani, you can follow me on there and I will follow back, I promise. As long as you're not trying to sell anything, I do tend to block people that are cold calling and trying to sell me cleaning services or roofing services because I know enough roofing contractors and cleaning contractors now to last me a lifetime. So if you're selling me something, please don't get in touch, but if you just want to say hi, feel free. So as I mentioned, this podcast is going to be all about the COVID debt and stuff. However, I have had some requests to say, "Maz, your podcasts are great, but I don't understand any of it." You know, there's people that aren't into property that are listening to this, and I think it's because at the start, I did start the podcast off by saying it's going to be about property in my career and my role and stuff like that. But it's also going to be about me, and I think that's the bit people kind of like because when I talk to people, they do say, "Oh, you mentioned this on your podcast." So. I think I'm going to try and ramp up the sort of format of the podcast a bit and try and do one episode where it's property related, surveying related, career related, stuff like that. And then one episode I'll do slightly more personal and sort of just generally chat shit. So we'll try that for the next couple of episodes and see how it goes if people are interested. Great. If not, we'll go back to the normal format, which is where I'll find a topic and chat shit about it. So um either way I'm gonna chat shit. But without further ado, I think I will crack on with this week's podcast and this week's topic. On November the 9th two thousand and twenty-one, the government issued a press release entitled New Laws and Codes to Resolve Remaining COVID nineteen commercial rent debts. Sounds interesting which offers more information on its proposed scheme to address disputes in relation to commercial rent arrears accrued during the pandemic. And later that same day, the commercial rent in brackets coronavirus bill became available and had its first reading in the House of Parliament. And it also released the new code of practice for commercial property relationships following the covid 19 pandemic which is the new code which replaces the code of practice for commercial property relationships which was originally introduced in june 2020 and i've done a podcast on that before so go back and have a listen to that it's only a couple of episodes ago so it won't be too hard to find so what is this commercial rent brackets coronavirus bill well It's a bill that aims to establish a mechanism for the resolution of certain rent arrears incurred as a result of the pandemic. So basically all your Covid debt, trying to find a solution to that. Now it provides that disputes in relation to such debts should, in the absence of the parties reaching a negotiated settlement, be referred to an arbitrator who will resolve the matter. So. What does this mean? Well, if you and your landlord or you and your tenant, depending on which side of the fence you're on, can't agree an amicable solution to resolve your COVID arrears, it will get passed to an arbitrator. So a bit like when you have a rent review, if you can't agree a new rent, it will get passed to the arbitrator or an independent expert, depending on what it says in the lease. But in this case, it's an arbitrator. So what does that mean? What does an arbitrator do? Well, an arbitrator will listen to both parties' arguments and then make a judgment based on the evidence supplied. Right? So it's almost like going to court and saying, hey, judge, this is my argument, this is my defense, here's our offense, and blah, 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 blah. And then the judge makes a ruling. But here you do it outside of court and it's an arbitrator. So um, that is what the government are proposing. The bill also establishes a moratorium period from the day that the act is passed until the last date a reference could be made to an arbitrator or the conclusion of any arbitration, whichever is later. Basically, the moratorium period is offering the tenant some breathing space. While the arbitration process is ongoing and open to use for resolution of the disputes, the landlord can't then take any enforcement steps against the tenant for the debt. So this would include the likes of forfeiture, exercising CRA, using the tenant's deposit or initiating insolvency arrangements or petitioning a bankruptcy order. So basically, from the moment that this bill gets passed up until the decision date of the arbitration, you're kind of stuck. If you're a landlord, you can't then go and use other means to resolve this arrears issue. And if you're a tenant, you're protected. So the landlord can't then, if you, if you apply for arbitration under this bill, the landlord can't then start taking money out of your tenant deposit and saying, I'm gonna use this to cover your arrears because there's a moratorium in place. So think about it. The tenant wins kind of both ways because they're protected, right? Now on the flip side, this process is probably the first we've sort of seen the government provide some sort of relief or mechanism for landlords to try and recover some of their arrears. So, whereas before the coronavirus um, bill, coronavirus act sort of prevented landlords from doing anything from recovering their arrears, this is now looking at a method which is almost tried and tested, sort of from the rent review context say it does work because a lot of these rent review disputes you see do get resolved at arbitration most of the time so is it is it a good way to resolve this debt situation the covid debt situation that we've got with landlords and tenants yes is it the best way to do it i don't know let me know your thoughts what you think about it what are the other routes they could have taken and other solutions they could have put forward i mean did they just see this and say right it's the easiest thing because it's tried and tested i'm going to do it this way or did they have other options i mean I, there's not much talk about it um well not that i've heard anyway so um yeah it, it's one for discussion i guess and also you know giving the moratorium while the arbitration is going on is that the right thing to do Yeah, you know, from a tenant perspective yes from landlord's perspective maybe not um and also you know how long is the arbitration process going to take so it's definitely worth discussing and one thing i should also point out that this is in addition to the existing moratorium. So as you know, there's a moratorium in place which got extended to the 25th of March 2022, which is a March quarter day on forfeiture, CRA, so commercial rent arrears recovery and winding up petitions. So it's, it's providing tenants with a bit more protection as well for a longer period of time. So which arrears are being protected? Well, the new legislation relates to the protected rent arrears and the criteria for protected rent arrears is as follows. It has to be a business tenancy as defined by part two of the Landlord and Tenant Act 1954. So it has to be a protected tenancy within the Act where the business and or the premises were required to fully or partially close under the coronavirus regulations. And it's immaterial if some limited activities were permitted despite the obligation to close. So. If you were one of those businesses that were non-essential and you had to close due to COVID, your arrears between that period are the ones protected by this arbitration. And they've even set out the dates. So the arrears related to the relevant period, right, which is beginning at or after 2 p.m. on the 21st of March 2020 and ending at or before 11.55 p.m. On the 18th of july 2021 in england or 6 a.m on the 7th of august 2021 in wales now remember this only applies to england and wales scotland have their own legislation so um, it only applies to england and wales at this stage now in the bill the protected arrears relate to rent service charge repairs maintenance and management costs and insurance as well as interest on the unpaid amount so landlords if you haven't charged interest for the late payment of any of these, start charging it. Now, I'll tell you why. The First thing is, you're gonna have a bigger claim on your hands. And the second thing is, it's in the lease, you're allowed to charge them interest, so why would you not do it, right? So make sure you get those interest charges raised and sent out, okay? The other thing is, and this is one thing I'll go more detail in a bit, is one of the remedies for the arbitration is, that the arbitrator can agree to write off the interest on any sums due. And that could be one of the awards that can be given. So if you've not charged any interest on the sums due, that completely wipes out that option, so you might not get anything back. So if you say your arrears were hundred pounds and you charge, say 4% interest, they could write off that four pounds, and you could still get that hundred pounds of arrears back by way of a, an arbitrator's award. But if you hadn't charged that interest, that four pounds, you would lose out on that not only that four pounds, but on the hundred pounds. The arbitrator will try and knock off something on that, or they'll award the whole thing, which would be great. But if they do try and sort of come to some sort of amicable solution and meet in the middle, they're going to knock it off that hundred pounds. So would you rather have a hundred pounds plus the four pounds interest? And get the £4 knocked off and get the £100 income of the, the arrears income completely or would you want a £100 of arrears and then they knock off let's say let's say they knock off £10 10% and then you only get £90 income so you know it could sway things and it could become um, detrimental for the landlord if they haven't charged interest so make sure you charge interest that's my key key tip for today right So, arbitration is the only option available to the tenant and the landlord should discussions, direct discussions between the parties, fail to produce an agreement and the arbitration body used must be approved by the Secretary of State. Now, either the landlord or the tenant may start the arbitration process, provided they do so within six months of the date when the Act is passed. Right, And that will be the application period. Now, the arbitrator's guiding principles will be preserving the viability of the tenant's business and the landlord's solvency. So what does this mean? So preserving the viability of the tenant's business. So the tenant must not come away worse off and affect their entire business. So by paying you the arrears, it shouldn't put their business in jeopardy. They shouldn't become insolvent. However, by the tenant not paying the arrears, it shouldn't also make the landlord insolvent so if the landlord is reliant on the tenant's rent to say pay his mortgage or her mortgage the tenant should then pay right and i think the main main sort of takeaway from this bill is if the tenant can pay they should pay so if they've got the money they've been trading they've got the funds they're able to pay they should pay there's no excuse no exceptions well, apart from the ones that we will go through but If the tenant can pay, they should pay. Of course, neither party should have their business or solvency affected. So what factors will the arbitrator have to regard when assessing the viability and solvency then? Well, they'll have to give regard to the assets and the liabilities of the landlord or the tenant, including other tenancies to which they are party to, previous rent paid by the tenant to the landlord, so if they've been paying previously, that will be favourable to the tenant. If they've always defaulted, then obviously the award will be, the arbitration award will be slightly more in the favour of the landlord. Um, the impact of coronavirus on the business of the tenant. So, you know, obviously, if it's someone like, let's see who's been worst hit, gyms. If it's gym tenant, they couldn't trade. Cinemas, they couldn't trade. So, they've been wor- worse hit out of, sort of all the other occupiers out there. So, that will have a massive impact on the um, arbitrator's decision. And any other sort of information relating to the financial position of either party, which the arbitrator deems uh, appropriate. So, you know, if, if let's say the tenant has just had a massive takeover and they've just had a cash injection of tens of millions of pounds, obviously they're going to take that into account. So. Just be aware of that. But they will disregard either party borrowing money or restructuring its business. So that will get disregarded because there's quite a few companies doing that at the moment as as a workaround. So what does the proposed arbitration scheme entail? Well, if either party, well, if the parties cannot reach an agreement for the payment of the ring-fenced arrears, then either party can refer the matter to arbitration within six months of the act being passed and subject to compliance with certain notice requirements and a submission of formal proposals for the settlement with supporting evidence within the specified timescales. So there will be some key caveats to this and it needs to be done correctly so I would say seek legal advice before you go down this route. Either party can also submit written statements to the arbitrator and can request an oral hearing. Given that the scheme is intended as a last resort, it seems likely that written statements and oral hearings will be pursued as parties will have exhausted negotiations. So this is almost like a last resort. The ideal outcome is for you to try and cut a deal with the other parties, the landlord with the tenant, tenant with the landlord, and you reach an amicable solution. But if it doesn't happen, arbitration is where you go if the conditions for reference are satisfied the arbitrator must determine what if any relief the tenant should receive having considered the proposals made by both parties where a proposal is only made by the party who made reference to the arbitration the arbitrator must make an award on that basis providing that it is consistent with the arbitrator's principles which we'll go through in a minute otherwise the arbitrator must make whatever award it considers appropriate and the arbitrator can make the following awards Relieve the tenant from payment of the debt as set out in the award. Allow the tenant time to pay for a period of up to 24 months after the award is made or give no relief. So there's three options, really. Either they write off the debt completely and say you don't have to pay it or you have to pay it. But we'll put you on a payment plan within 24 months or you have to pay it. Simple as that. And I think that's one thing I really like about this arbitration proposal is it kind of limits what they can award. It's not just, all right, you can pay that, but you can't pay that. It's you pay it, you don't, or a payment plan. Nice and simple. Now, one thing I should point out, and this is more of a practical point, the restrictions on movement and those required to work from home do not satisfy the definition of adversely affected by coronavirus and they do not make themselves make the whole or part of a business or premises subject to a closure requirement. So businesses such as those operating from offices will not be protected by the bill. So if as part of the guidance you were told to work from home, the office space that you would have gone into, so this is more for the office office side of things, not, not, not retail and stuff, you won't be protected by the bill. And the reason being is there were some offices that were still open for, 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 for operating through, and that was if you can't work from home you go into the office but where you can work from home you work from home that was the guidance so i think in 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 the legal professionals view that doesn't satisfy that requirement of having to close as a non essential business or premises and also another practical point is that the period of protection is likely to be applied as a continuous period from march 22 uh, march 2020 until the 18th of july 2021 or the seventh of August 2021, depending whether you're in England or Wales. So that protected period is defined, but it will be a sort of continuous. I know we had lockdown one, lockdown two, lockdown three, and then we had bits where we opened certain sectors and certain sectors stayed closed. But I think for the purpose of this arbitration and the new bill, it's going to be a continuous period of relief. So. I don't know whether that puts tenants at an advantage because they're getting a longer period of relief when they could have got some trade in between but for tenants it's great because you're getting that you're getting more of a relief and more more help for landlords they might be having to take a hit on the income they would have received looking at this who can be an arbitrator under the bill well the secretary of state must maintain and publish a list of approved arbitration bodies and those approved arbitration bodies will then maintain a list of arbitrators who are a suitable to act in the matters by virtue of their qualifications or experience and b are available to act as arbitrators and the body should then also publish this on their website as well as the arbitrators fees so within the bill section 7 and 8 will have more on the identity of the arbitrator and what to do if the arbitrator's identity needs to change during an arbitration etc etc. So refer to the bill, get legal advice if you're unsure on all this but this is just an overview of what's happening. So what does the arbitration process look like? Well either party can refer a dispute falling within the bill for arbitration and they can do so up to six months from the date that the act is passed and this, this can be extended. So. You know, the government have left it fairly open-ended at the moment. It's not all set in stone. It could all change. But before a referral can be made, they must notify the other party of their intention to do so and allow 14 days to respond. If a response is received, then the referrer has to wait 14 days before making a referral. If no response is received to the letter of notification, the referrer may refer the matter after 28 days have passed from making the notification. So this means that if there's an intention to refer a dispute to arbitration, sufficient time must be allowed before the six month deadline expires for all the time frames to run their course. So you've just got to make sure that you time it right as well. So when you're looking at if you're a landlord or a tenant, looking at taking this to arbitration, taking, all your, taking your landlord or your tenant to arbitration, you need to make sure that you're going to hit those key timescales. So, again, get legal advice on it. Make sure you know what your timelines are before making the application, because you do need to ensure that you allow the correct notice periods in between. Now, when the referral, including the formal proposal for resolving the dispute, supporting evidence and the fee is made, and the fee for the referral isn't known, but it might vary depending on the value of the claim. So it might be a sliding scale, it might not be a fixed fee, so that's something we need to look out for, what the fees are going to be, are they fair, etc, etc. And who covers it? Is it the referee or is it shared between both parties, how's it going to work? So you make the application, the other party has 14 days from receipt of the proposal to respond with their own proposal and again with supporting evidence. And then you've got another 28 days for revised proposals to be exchanged again with supporting evidence and then these deadlines can be extended by the parties agreeing between themselves or by the arbitrator. So. You've got 28 days to then sort of submit all your all your documents and your arguments and supporting evidence to the arbitrator. It can be extended if everyone agrees. Now, if one or both of the parties require a hearing, then one must be held. And unless the parties agree otherwise, it should be held in public and it should be within 14 days, beginning with the day on which the arbitrator receives the request for a hearing. So. 14 days start from the date of the request made to the arbitrator All right? Um, and again this this period can be extended by either both parties agreeing to it or the arbitrator deciding that it's reasonable to do so in the circumstances now if a hearing is held and it's anticipated that only one hearing needs to be held but could change then the arbitrator has 14 days from the hearing date to make its award um, and again this could be extended by the parties agreeing, or by the arbitrator. Essentially, you're submitting everything to the arbitrator. You've got to get it all in, 14 days notice beforehand, get all the stuff in, you've got 28 days, arbitrator makes their reward, you can appeal it. Or if you're on a hearing, you've got to tell the arbitrator, and again, you've got 14 days for that hearing to be had. And again, 14 days for the arbitrator to make their award following the hearing. So 14 seems to be the magic number. So that that's kind of what the arbitration process looks like. If no hearing is held, then the arbitrator will consider the matter on paper and release its decision as soon as reasonably practical um, after the final proposal is received or the last date a proposal could be made. And you should note that a referral cannot be made where the tenant is subject to a CVA, an IVA, so under the Insolvency Act. So you can't make a referral to arbitration if you're going for a CVA. Basically, if, you go, if you're going for insolvency, you can't do it. One thing I should point out is that only landlords and tenants will be able to refer the matter to arbitration, not third parties. So if you're a guarantor, you can't make an application for arbitration. So uh, just something to be aware of. And one thing I should point out is this arbitration process incorporates and builds on the provisions from the existing Arbitration Act 1996, which will apply. And it includes all the provisions dealing with the general duty of an arbitrator and of the parties. Immunity of the arbitrator, procedure and evidential matters, settlement of cases, the effect of an award, enforcement of the award, and appeals. So, again, seek legal advice, but the Arbitration Act 1996, which you would use in the case of um, rent reviews, it sort of applies for this as well, but kind of builds on it. So a practical point again on this is that the award by the arbitrator will be final and binding. If one party fails to satisfy its part of the award, it is expected that the other party will need to seek to enforce the award through the courts. The award also must be published with confidential information excluded unless the person to whom it relates notifies the arbitrator that it consents to its publication. Parties who are particularly sensitive about commercial and financial information may wish to take care to this to be clear as to what they consider confidential information. And this is referred to in section 18 part 4 of the bill. So. It it might be the case that because it's sensitive business information, they might not want to have a full public hearing. So something to bear in mind, Uh, whether or not a guarantor will be liable to top up any shortfall in the rent due under the lease after the award has been given. And it kind of depends on the guarantee itself. So where the guarantor's obligation are limited to the tenant's liability, Um, It's likely that the guarantor will not be liable to top up any shortfall, whereas if it's worded to almost operate as an indemnity, then there might be an option to pursue the guarantor for the shortfall. So you're not going to get, well, you might not get your full arrears if that is the case. Great. You get your full arrears. Great. If you don't, can you go after the guarantor? Mm, Maybe, maybe not. But again, seek legal advice on this. And also, you know, it might well be worth raising with the arbitrator saying, look, there's these remedies there. But then they might say, OK, well, we'll give the tenant a lot of the relief. And then it's down to you, the landlord, to go after the guarantor. It's nothing to do with the arbitrator because they, they can't award anything on the guarantor. So uh, just be careful of that. Can the arbitrator award costs? Well, the arbitrator has the power to make a determination as to cost where it comes when it comes to their fees and those of the arbitration body. Now these will usually be shared equally between the parties but the arbitrator does not have the power to make award in relation to the party's fees which they must meet themselves. So the arbitrator's fees usually go 50-50 so both parties will sort of agree the arbitrator's fees 50-50 but any other fees incurred you've got to battle it out yourselves. So what about rent debt that is outside of this new bill, unprotected rent debts? What can you do about that? Well, if a landlord intends to pursue unprotected rent debt, it would seem sensible to include a, provisional, a provision in the claim form or particulars of a claim, when you go through the courts, that the sums do not fall within the protection of the proposed bill. So I think you've got to make it abundantly clear that the debt you're chasing isn't covered by this bill and you can't go to arbitration so you still have the option to 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 to, to go to court for these arrears but um, you need to make sure that it doesn't fall within this new bill and you've got to remember that there is still that moratorium on CRA and winding up petitions up until 25th of march 2022 however after that I think the usual enforcement options will be open for landlords to implement. So if you're happy to wait out up until March and then sort of look at your options, crack on. But if you want a swift resolution, reach out for this new bill that's been introduced or you've got the option of court. And remember, you're, you're, you're still able to draw down on rent deposits. That That isn't an option that has a moratorium so you can draw down on the rent deposit to satisfy any unpaid rent so that is one of the options and then remember you can always ask the tenant to top up that deposit if there is a provision in the lease to do for them to do so so let's summarize this new code Unlike the 2020 code, the new code doesn't expressly refer to it being voluntary. It does, however, at various places mention that it only offers guidance and where parties are strongly encouraged to adhere to it, the code is not legally binding. So, you know, whilst it's there to help landlords and tenants come to a solution with their rears, it's not compulsory. The new code highlights the continued focus on landlords and tenants reaching, or at least trying to reach, a new negotiated settlement um, when it comes to rent arrears even though even those that aren't protected so you know the, the 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 code is still trying to sort of encourage landlords and tenants to use that relationship and and come to an amicable solution but if all else fails go down this arbitration route and i think that you know in all likelihood the new code and the draft bill will be a way to sort of keep debt claims for rent arrears that have accrued through the pandemic to to sort of stay out of court uh, you know the courts are rammed with backdated cases and claims and stuff so this this will be a nice side line to to sort of keep the courts from getting clogged up with all these claims and also have some sort of solution alternative to going to court so i think the, the bill In my view is pretty fair i think it's a decent solution or route to solution and i mean until the arbitration or a few arbitrations have taken place i don't think we'll be able to see what or whether the system works because you never know i mean even with rent reviews you get some arbitrators that are very landlord friendly and then you get some that are very tenant friendly and to be fair, an arbitrator should be neutral, but unfortunately, in reality, you know, you do see that some arbitrators are landlord led and some are tenant led. And that that's just because that's how they've worked in their professional field. You know, they, they've acted mainly for landlords or they've acted mainly for tenants. And that does have a subconscious sort of play on their mind. So, you know, I I don't know whether it's true or not, but I I certainly feel that way that, you know, sometimes... Um, the arbitrators do lean one way rather than another, and sometimes it is the wrong thing. But you know, once they've made their award, they've made their award. I mean, you can appeal it, but you know, it's it's it is what it is. So, yeah, no, I think I think this is a fair sort of route to to try and resolve all these claims and try and get all the rental arrears cleared, and then have a nice clean slate for landlords and tenants because. I know at the moment the uh, credit controllers are ripping their hair out, trying to work out what's a COVID debt, what's a what's a normal debt, and what you can chase and what you can't. The only thing they can do is basically call you up, email you saying you need to pay this, you haven't paid this, and the tenant will come back and say I can't afford it. COVID hit me, and sort of vicious circle just keeps going round and round. So hopefully um, we'll we'll be seeing these arbitrations sort of go through and sort of get all these amicable solutions coming through and coming to fruition but yeah no i think it'll be interesting to see what what the outcome is with with a few of these because i mean there's gonna be some tenants that have been holding off paying any arrears just because they know it's protected under this current moratorium and you know you sort of seeing them now kind of going back on themselves and saying right shit I need to pay this now, because if it goes to arbitration, we're going to have to pay the whole lot. So you are seeing in certain cases that tenants, usually the larger tenants, the bigger corporates that are now initiating conversation with landlords to say, listen, let's do a deal here. We'll agree to say 80 percent, 90 percent of the arrears, knock off 10 percent, we'll call it a day. Um, and, and they pay it one off payment just like that. So that kind of shows that the big, the big tenants, they do have the money sat there in their account accruing. I just don't want to give it to the landlord, which is, you know, for OK, if it's an institutional landlord, it might not make a difference. But, you know, for for a small landlord or, one, you know, independent landlord, it's sort of make or break for them because they are getting hounded by the bank because they have not paid their mortgage. And they're relying on you paying your rent to cover that mortgage payment. So, you know, if you're a tenant, you've got to think of that as well. It's not just your benefit. You might be sort of taking someone else's livelihood off their hands. So, you know, like the code says, if you can pay it, pay it, pay your arrears. If you can't, try and find an amicable solution. If all else fails, take it to arbitration. But, yeah, no, let's see how it goes. Um, Let me know your thoughts on this new commercial rent brackets coronavirus bill and what your thoughts are on it. Drop me a message, drop me a voice message, you know, drop me a note on Instagram, LinkedIn, If you want to come on to the podcast and argue out with me, say you're chatting shit, please feel free. I'd love a bit of a debate. But yeah, no, I think that 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 is quite a good bit of news that has come out of the government with regards to clearing all these career, um, career COVID arrears. And yeah, I think it will work. But like I said, we'll have to wait and see. Right, so I did think this was going to be a nice short um, episode, but I do like to ramble on. So, hopefully, that's given you a lot of food for thought. And like I said, just let me know what you think. Is the podcast getting boring? Is it you want sort of new content? Do you want specific content? Let me know. Your feedback will help improve it. I mean, hey, you're the ones listening to me chat shit. So, I'd rather chat decent shit than uh, you stop listening. So, um, yeah, no. Let me know what you think. As ever, please promote the podcast. Let people know it's out there. Share it, like it, subscribe to it, and also my social media. Just follow me on Instagram, LinkedIn. I'm more than happy to connect with you guys. Reach out to me if you've got any any suggestions, any proposals. But yeah, no. I think we're going to keep the summary, oh, the summary, the conclusion, and the final bit short and sweet. I know I do like to ramble on and just waffle on, but. Yeah, no, I don't think I've got much else to say. But yeah, like I said previously, the next episode, I'm going to trial a personal versus of work. So I think the next episode will be a bit more personal. So we'll see how that goes. And then we'll catch up on another riveting topic, surveying property led in one episode's time. So thank you all for listening. As ever, I do appreciate you tuning in. But yeah, take care, stay well. And if I don't speak to you before Christmas, have a very good Christmas as long as uh, Boris allows us to have one that is, but uh, yeah, take care, speak soon.